just going to tell you this because I want to talk to you about um, ascending or ascension in a turbulent tra transition. How many, how many like transition? Everyone's raising their hands. There's at least a trumpet blast during that one. But I'll just, I'm just going to say this. No one really loves transition. No one likes change. I mean, as humans, we're creatures of habit. I like a lot of change. I don't mind change a whole lot. Just don't shake me up too much because I don't get, you know, like if I get, like at least let me get in rhythm and then you can change things, right? So I just, as I was uh, leaving Tampa this week, I was in the airplane and I'm getting, you know, we're taking off. And of course, we were delayed. Jet blue. We were delayed. I was fine going down, coming back every time, delay. And I, and I just feel like looking at people in the plane going, that's because of me. <laughs> you know, it's okay, because God has perfect timing. But I will say this, when we took off, I'll just tell you the story, because when I took off, I've been in a lot of flights. I've been in a lot of international flights. I've been in a lot of domestic flights. But this flight, as we were going up through the clouds, I don't know if it was thunder or what it was. But there was a whole lot of shaking going on. I mean, more unusual than, like, I had people looking across at me, around at me, everyone looking like, are we going to die? And, and I'm like, just laughing. I'm the one laughing. Because I know my time, and it ain't time. So it wasn't time. And I just, I can tell you this. I've been on a lot of flights, but they never shook that much. Like, it was like, drop out push back up, drop out, push back up, drop out multiple times, like for three minutes. Three minutes is a long time when you're doing that. And so even when we got, so we, once you get above the clouds, though, how many know this? It's kind of smooth sailing after that. Once you get above 10,000 feet, you're okay. And so the rest of the flight was smooth. But when I landed, when I landed and got to the gate, waiting, Waiting, no one's moving, ding. They're having a problem with the bridge. The bridge won't get to the door. I'm like, oh, it's all right. It's already 12.30, you know. So 40 minutes went by, and um, then they came back on and said, we're going to have to move because they couldn't fix the bridge. So now I'm getting out, you know, literally. We were in the plane sitting there for 40 minutes, like, we were in the air for three hours, but now I'm in the plane for 40 minutes. And they moved us to a different gate. Why am I saying this? Because it was like the Lord kind of speaking and knocking on my door again, saying this. No one likes transition. We don't like turbulent times. We don't like getting to the gate, almost through the gate. I'm telling you, this has everything to do with what's happening. It's not about a building. It's about God bringing patience to people. And knowing that God's got the end. Yeah. Do you understand that when turbulence comes and you're in transition, look at me, just love it. Yeah. Laugh at it. Yeah. Seriously, how many are laughing at turbulence right now? 
No, if we really can do this, if we can really get this place of living in a joyful spot where even in the crazy, turbulent times that we live in, as we begin to receive the joy of the Lord, as we begin to walk in this place of dependency and love for the Lord, listen, there's something that's going to happen. It takes away all anxiety. <laughs> I'm telling you, the guy across the aisle... He was holding on death grip to the, to the, to the chair in front of him. And I, he's looking at me like I had the answer. I do have the answer. It's eternal life. But I'm just saying to you, people get really freaked out when all of a sudden everything's shifting and changing and you are disoriented. Because you know this, when you get dropped out, how many like, how many like the floor dropping out? How many like that ride? You do? You like that ride? That Turkish twist where you're so stuck against the wall and then they drop the floor out? How many like that ride? Oh, come on. I like them. I like them all. See, that's why I'm laughing on a plane that feels like it's about to fall out of the sky. Because I know who's with me and I know who's, fall who's you know, he's got me under his wing. And so I got too much to do on the earth for the enemy to take me out in a silly airplane. It's just not, you know. You know, and he's like, well, it happened to the best of the best. I'm sure it has. But realize, realize this, that the Spirit of God is with us. So I just want to talk to you about a few things in regards to that. Because when, when we see the birthing of the church in the book of Acts, there's so many crazy things. We think, I was reading through the book of Acts, and I came into a couple things this week. And I realized that, you know, I think like Acts, you think that it's sequential in like it's time when the book of acts is like 50 years all right i know it's 28 chapters but it there's some space and actually during it during uh acts chapter 6 and acts chapter 9 is like seven six years like in the spaces in between depending on where you look um, don't quote me because the, you, you get various times when they're talking about this, you know, the timing of when Paul was born again. But Paul had to go to a place where he had to get trained by the Lord, and that was in the desert of Arabia. And so I just want you to see a couple things. I'm going to hit this, and I want you to see something that's happening. We see there's turbulent times in the church, in the, in the New Testament, and this is a model for us to go by. How many know that? That God wants you, he wants you to be prepared even in the midst of testing, trials, and God moving things around and shifting things around. It can be very turbulent. And, Im and imagine when you get to the point where you think you're getting off and they say, no, hold on. We're backing the plane up. How many know the planes can't back up by themselves? Come on, they got to roll that baby out and then you go to the next gate. Well, here's the thing. If, if you just go to, I'm just going to read one verse, and I'm going to a totally different book after this, but I want you to go to chapter, uh, chapter 9 of the book of Acts, and I want you to see something, because Paul, chapter 8, he's persecuting the church. How many know the stories? Come on, that, 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 you know, Luke chronicalized this whole thing where the church is being persecuted, 
And we see some of that going on all over the earth now. And there's some persecution and pressing on the church even now in America. Not as bad as it is in other nations, obviously. But there is some pressing and pushing against the church, church government, and these type of things. And so I'm, I'm, I'm putting this in the context of your life, walking with the Lord, and running after Him, and being ready to do it. Even in the midst of tribulation, even in the midst of trials, even in the midst of all things going crazy on you. God wants you to be strengthened. So I'm going to verse 31. And it says this, And the churches throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. Come on, this is good news. You thought I was going to read some like crazy, crazy verse that they were getting busted up. But in chapter 8, they are being persecuted by who? Paul. It says Paul was breathing. It was Saul that was breathing breathing threats before he was named Paul. But I want you to just think of this because I was thinking about this this week. Saul was a good religious man. Mm. He was trained by the best of the best. He was the Hebrew of Hebrews. He was like the model church guy. And he was persecuting the new move of God. Okay? And God said gave strength to the church through persecution come on your life is a model of the church god wants you to be positioned so that when things are coming against you even you, even the things that you've dealt with years ago you know what god is always pushing and trying to squeeze the gunk out of you do you understand he wants all the bad stuff out and he wants jesus to be squeezing out at the end do you understand that that when he grabs, when someone persecutes you, you just smile and love them. When someone's got bad comments and, a, and is critical of you, come on, how do we respond? I'll tell you what happens to me. I start talking to myself. Better, talk, better off talking to myself or I talk to my wife and my wife's like, don't go there. But I'm telling you... It's easy, it's easy to get really offended when people are criticizing and you even have a, you can have judgments against yourself that cause you to stumble backwards. And I just want you to know that God is with you, God is for you, and it says here that the, that the church, now Paul, Saul gets saved, he has a radical conversion, how many had a radical conversion in this room? Come on, everyone needs a radical conversion. I don't care if you, you were, you know, pulling daisies your whole life. Come on. Somebody, when you meet Jesus, something shifts and changes in your life. And the Lord is here to change your life and transform you into another man or woman. And the Holy Spirit is here to do the transformational, the sanctification work inside of you. Okay? And so all we have to do is look to Him and he'll do these things. So this is what the church did. They cried out to the Lord. In the midst of persecution, they went to prayer. In the midst of persecution, they were scattered, the Bible says. And sometimes scattering can help. Come on, sometimes when, when you're pushed apart and, and all of a sudden you have to fend for yourself in some way, shape, or form, you know, they're still in unity, but they're moving in different directions. And sometimes you can't stay together to get the job done. Sometimes you have to expand and go, go wider so that the, the missions of heaven can get done. Amen? 
And so here's the thing. It says this, that it says the pe- it said they had peace and they were edified. Right? And they, wa- they walked in the fear of the Lord. And in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And then the Bible says that they were multiplied. They were multiplied. And how many want multiplication? How many want to see multiplication? Because God wants to multiply miracles in your life. God wants to multiply so many different things in your life in this hour. And he's looking for you to just cooperate with him and to get beside him because he wants to train us. So what does that call for? That calls for the uh, Ephesians chapter 4 maturity to take place. Ready? So I'm not going to Ephesians chapter 4. I baited you. But we'll go to Hebrews chapter 6. And I want to just show you some things because the reality is God wants us to walk strong in perilous times. And you're saying, are we living in perilous times? Look at me. Yes. Yes. And it's the best time to be a part of the body of Christ and the best time to go through transition. (laughs) Come on. And I want to go up higher. And God wants to bring us to a higher place. And what they were singing here prophetically today was a clue to where God wants to bring you tonight. And that's into a higher place, a place where God expands you on the inside. And honestly, I don't know where to go with all this, but I'll I'll tell you this. Go to Hebrews chapter 6. If you're there, just say yay, man. Or word. Okay. And I'm just going to hit. Probably these first 11 verses, unless I keep going, because I, I, I just have a hard time pulling things out of context, okay? And so the Bible talks about us walking in spiritual maturity. How many want to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect? Perfect doesn't mean you don't do anything wrong. Perfect means that you are walking in maturity like your Heavenly Father is completely mature in every way. How many know that? He's God. Come on. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. And, and if I want these characteristics in my life, if I want divine knowledge, that means I align my life with the Lord. That means I don't shift back. I don't move backwards. What I'm saying today is God wants to push you ahead, and he wants to push you past things that have held you back before. Okay? And God does not want limitations in your life. So it says this in, in verse 1. It says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary principles of Christ and let us go on to what perfection it's only meaning maturity and so why is Paul saying this it's funny because before that he's talking about spiritual immaturity if see when in the Bible when it says therefore I go backwards to find out why it's there why is it therefore (laughs) right so this is when I read when I read this but it says he's in verse 12 of, of chapter 5 it says though by this time you ought to be what teachers Oh, and if I'll say Paul's the author of this, I just think Paul's the author of it. That's my own opinion. I'm not, I'm just going to say that. But he, he writes like Paul and he's writing to the Hebrews. And, and so I feel like, and this is kind of like a Pauline rebuke to me, that he, he says this, by this time you ought to be teachers and you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And so let that, and let's just go there. Because the Lord is wanting us to mature in every spiritual way. And he's wanting us to develop as people inside. Amen. And he wants your life to be fully on on all 
all cylinders every day, every day. Come on. How many know you don't take a break? Even yesterday when I was exhausted, I was like, can I just have a break? No, you can't have a break. You have to wake up and be living, you know? You can't check out. Come on, in your spiritual walk, you can never check out. God wants you walking strong. He wants you moving and living in him in a beautiful way. Come on, he's beautiful in every way. And as long as you're walking with him, you're going to find your way to the right place in heaven, in heavenly places. Amen? Amen. And so he goes back, and I'll, I'll jump back down. But it, it says this. It says, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, by, by reason of use, use their senses, exercising both good and evil, discerning, excuse me, to discern both good and evil. And so here's the deal. God wants you to be developed in your spiritual life and your natural life to walk in maturity. Amen? You can't be 65 and still act 12. Remind me of that. <laughs> I'm childlike in a good way. But I realize this, that the Holy Spirit wants us to develop ourselves so that we're mature mentally, come on, physically, every way, every way. And so the, bo the body has, has to come to a new level of maturity in this hour. And here he's talking about who by who are of what full age that means they're mature that is by reason of use use reason of use have their senses exercised to both good and evil that means i discern both the good and the evil things that means i can i can discern what what's going on in the back room in the politics or i can understand what's going on in the back room in the churches come on it's a both political it can be both political and God wants us to have this understanding that every person you come in contact with, you're able to discern what's right and wrong. That doesn't mean you go around being real suspicious. God will put your knower on when you need your knower if you're sensitive to the knower. Who's the knower? The Holy Ghost is the knower. The Holy Spirit is the one who knows. He's the one that teaches you, and he'll, he'll, he's the teacher, the helper. He's the helper and the teacher. Amen? And so he wants you to be able to discern what's going on in, in all aspects of life, in your own life. He wants you to be able to discern the good and evil, the good and bad, and the ugly that's going on in your life. I don't get amens on that, but it's true. That means I don't get stuck on over-navel-gazing. And looking at all the problems that I have. No, that's not what I'm talking about. But we don't disregard the things that we need to work on. Hello. Hello. Come on, because we can over-spiritualize things and then not deal with the business. Okay? So I want you to just be, that's where I'm going with this, okay? And the Lord wants us to live in this place of life being fulfilled. And then he says, go back to chapter 6. Therefore, leaving the discussion of all these things, right? He talks about these things, foundations on repentance from dead works, faith towards God, doctrines of baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. <laughs> Let me just say this. 
the church is very immature in all these things because we bicker and we fight over baptism. <laughs> we bicker and fight over the laying on of hands. There's laying on of hands that gives impartation. There's laying on of hands that sends. There's laying on of hands that do a lot of things. But we get stuck on biblical little Little biblical things that we get stuck on that doesn't line up. And, we, and people get in. This is, this is how denominationals have breaks. They break on things. This is what happens in churches, right? We have a split over this. We have a split over baptism. Well, you were already baptized once. Why would you get baptized again? Because you need to get dunked a few times. Oh, like Joe and I were doing. Hold them down. Hold them down. You got to get that sin off. You got to really make that man dead. Do you understand what I'm saying? We can get stuck on this stuff and people can't get past it. And really what happens is it becomes a religious spirit that gets in the way of what God wants to do in the church because we're bickering about basic doctrines. And I wasn't even going to go here, but the reality is God wants us to get by that. The Holy Spirit wants you to get hit with the Holy Ghost, with himself. And what, however your body responds to that, it's okay. <laughs> All right. Verse 4. For it's impossible for those who are enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted of the good word of God and the powers of the age to come if they fall away and renew excuse me and if they fall away to renew them again to repentance since they crucified again what happened that was the weirdest thing the Lord of glory I said the Lord of glory but it's the son of God and put him <laughs> Same, same person. And put him into open shame. And so I just, here, here we go. It's impossible for once, for anyone who's been enlightened. Here's, the, here's what the Lord wants to speak. I feel like we get stuck on these places and we want to retract. People want to go backwards. We want to step back from certain things that we believe. Are you hearing me? And the Lord is wanting us to get through these turbulent times. You hear me? The, the Lord of glory came so that I would walk in this place of enlightenment, that I would be a partaker of his Holy Spirit and of the age to come. What is the age to come? The age to come, the power of the age to come is God releasing signs, wonders, and miracles in the earth. It is the Lord moving in power in the earth. It is these things. And so the, the Lord wants us to live in this place. Verse 9 says, But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, the things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. For God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love that you may have shown towards his name that you might have ministered to the saints and do minister. Verse 11. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence 
to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but you imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Here's the deal. God wants us to step into this place of not being lazy in the spirit. As a matter of fact, he wants you to be full on. He wants you to be after him. He wants you to be in this place where you live for him and you continue to move towards him in a, in a great, in a strength that you haven't before. Do you hear me? That their hearts, Colossians 2 and verse 2 says, that their hearts may be encouraged being knitted in love and attaining to all riches and the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge and the glory and the mystery of both the Lord Jesus. That means we, we come into this hope with the Lord. It's the hope of his glory inside of you. And he wants this desire within you to not be faint, to not shrink back, but to move and to cling to him. This whole thing of clinging to the Lord in this hour is the most important thing. The Lord is wanting to, to, to bring us into a turbulent place. <laughs> Do you understand that? When everything starts shaking in your life, don't reject what he's doing. This is where he's saying to us, through, pay, through faith and patience, we enter the promise. Here's what I see over and over again. Ready? I'm going to do a little pastoral preaching right now, and I never do this. I see people coming and asking for, for help, for guidance. Listen, some of us need to clear... I'm just going to say this as a generality. Some of us need to clear all the voices out of our lives. I'm not saying, you can clear me too. It's fine. It's fine. Because we're so dependent on what everyone else is saying to get our knowledge and to move into the next place that God has for us. This is why Paul says, don't be sluggish. Don't be lean back. Don't lean back, but be diligent to enter into the presence of the Lord, to enter into his counsel. How many want to enter into his counsel? I don't know about you, but God wants us to live in this place where I'm entering into his counsel. And I know this about the Lord. His ways are not my ways ever. Like his counsel is greater than anything. And so I'm not saying that we don't take wise counsel because Proverbs says in the counsel of many, there's wisdom. Right? But some of us, we've been taking counsel from people and it hasn't gotten us anywhere. Mm. People. It's people. And I'm not saying we don't talk to people. I'm not saying any of that. But you need to be careful what you take into your spirit to, that's going to lead you to the next place you think you're supposed to go. And everyone in this room, God has a deep calling in their lives. Some way, it might not be to full-time ministry. It might not be any of that. It may be to your profession. It may be to the circle of people that are all around you. And God is trying to get your attention and saying, come to me. Come to this place. Don't be lazy. Because what's lazy is we go everywhere else for counsel. And we don't go to the Lord himself. And, I'm, and again, I'm not saying don't come to me for counsel. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But when I give you counsel, take the counsel. 
take the counsel. Because here's the deal. Some people, they want counsel till you tell them your counsel. <laughs> then they don't want your counsel. How many know that? Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's true. And God wants us to grow up to the fact that I hear God's voice. And whoever I'm coming to counsel for hears God's voice and it kind of confirms and it brings into alignment those things that I've been looking for. Those things that I've been asking him about. Or it's either closing a door or it's opening a door. God wants doors to be open for you. Doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Revelation chapter 4 says there's a door here open. Come on, there's an invitation to come up and in. So don't be in a place where we, we're, we're, we're just lost from the Lord. We're pushed back from the Lord's counsel. God wants to release his counsel for you. He wants you to be in this hope, and he wants you through faith and patience. Faith and patience. Here's the deal. He wants you to grow up. I'm going to try and convey this all back into a nutshell. He wants you to grow up in such a way that you hear his voice for yourself. For yourself. That any counsel that you put around you, you will be able to discern whether it's good counsel or bad counsel. It, it, some counsel may be eh. You really don't want the eh counsel. You don't want the metta metta counsel. Okay? You want the good counsel of heaven in your life. You need to surround yourself with people that are speaking life into you. You need, you need to be around people that are going to in, increase your capacity to believe God. That increase your, your ability to see greater things on the horizon for your life. If everyone's trying to shut you down and trying to pull you out of the, the, where you're at, like you're trying to go for stuff in God and they're trying to talk you out of it, wrong counsel. Wrong counsel. Because God wants to open things up for you so that there's a greater capacity in your life so that you can absorb all that God has in the season for you. When I'm going up and through the atmosphere and it gets shaky and you get fearful, God says, hold on to me. Don't hold on to your chair. Hold on to me. Because you want to just hold on to things. You want to hold on to the physical instead of just letting go and allowing the Holy Spirit to bring you through so you're moving smoothly through heavenly places with him. Because heavenly counsel will be smooth in your life. And I'm not talking, listen, I could give you a thousand times where I should have quit on the building. Should have just quit. This corner, that corner, that corner. It's just a, it, I'll tell you this, that sometimes the, the persistent push against what you're doing, the consistent double-mindedness that might happen is probably on the other side of that a major blessing. And we think because there's things that are blocking us, there's things that are trying to shut things down, there's things that are trying to stop us, that it's God closing the door. Not always true. Not always true. And so the Spirit of God wants you to be in this place where you're not afraid to reach forth. Where you're not afraid to push through. Because if I'm lazy, I'll just say, ah, I'm good. We can stay small. We can stay little. My capacity can stay small. I'll come into agreement with a small spirit man. I'll come into agreement that I can believe for, for two triscuits a day instead of a 20 loaves of, loaves of bread. Do you understand? 
Like, where's your capacity to believe God right now? Where, where is our capacity to believe him? Because it says, through faith and patience, I inherit the promise. Believe me, working patience right now, the Holy Ghost in me. Even at the gate, I'm telling you, I'm like, what is going on? And I look at the people next to me, and they're like, what is going on? I go, because you're with me. You're just going to have to wait. Patience. No, it's okay. I don't know why. You'd think that striking rocks for 25 years would have got me patient, but apparently not. Apparently not. Right? The Holy Spirit wants you to live in the realm of being patient for what he's about to give you. How many are patient when God's about to give you something? When you believe in God for something, how many are patient in the room? That's good. I got one hand, two hands. It's a couple hands. You should be patient. You should be in that place where God, I know what you're speaking, and I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for the promise. Because if I, if I hold back, if I begin to lay back and lean back, no, 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 no. He says, do not become sluggish, but imitate, imitate, imitate. What does that mean? That doesn't mean you have to, if you're called to stage evangelism or something like mass evangelism, you dress like Catherine Kuhlman if you're a woman. It doesn't mean that. It means that God has made you as an individual and he's designed you in a certain way to accomplish the things that he's already prepared for you. And so as you give yourself completely to him and give yourself completely to the process of, listen, he, you are that person that he's whittling. God is whittling you, whether you like it or not. God is forming you like a piece of clay. He's forming you on the wheel. And guess what happens on the wheel? You get disoriented. I'm telling you, if you're going in circles all that fast, centrifugal force will make you very dizzy. Come on, I watch little kids as they go around here. And I've watched Isaiah a couple times just come off there and just, boom, fall on the ground. Because he's disoriented, right? Dizzy. How many like being disoriented? No, no one. No, God wants to bring us into this place where we're okay with the disorientation. And when we don't know which way is up. How many are good when that happens? I'm not. I want to know where I'm going and how I'm getting there. Just give me the map. Give me the keys and I'll get there. There's keys right there. Let's just go. And here's the thing. God is wanting to bring you into this place. Through faith and patience, I inherit the promise. Hebrews 10.36 says this, For you indeed need endurance, so, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Endurance, perseverance, pushing through the crazy clouds. And the Lord wants you to do that even today. Even today, he has something for you. Even today, I want a taste of the good word of God. And here's the thing. When the Lord speaks words to you through his word, you can bank on those. And when you receive a prophetic word that aligns with the word of God and aligns with what God is speaking to you, you can bank on those. But be careful what we call prophecy 
Because <laughs> everything we do in, in a day-to-day basis is not a prophetic act. No, I'm, I, let's just not be goofy. The Lord wants to bring us into this place where we're leaving elementary discussions. We're leaving elementary discussions and principles, right? We're leaving those things because we've already got them inside of us. We already know what God speaks through that. We're leaving those things and moving, moving into something higher. How many want to discern what, where God's bringing you in this next season? How many are believing that God's going to give you complete directions? How many know that sometimes you have to take a step someplace before God shows up on the other side of it? I'm just telling you, this is, these, are the, these are the ways of God and these are the ways of the kingdom. And sometimes you have to step through the door to get into the place of expansion. And here's what I believe. I believe that everything that's happened, everything that we've gone through, even in just obtaining a property, that on the other side of this is going to be something incredible. That he's going to break out and break open like ways I don't even understand or know or have knowledge of. But I'm, pre- I'm going to posture myself to expand, to be greater, to be wider, to be open more, that he'll speak to me and I'll know the next season. Right? Don't you want to know the next season he has for you? Don't you want to be prepared for those places? And so the Spirit of God is wanting to do that for you, even tonight. And I want, can you just minister, help, help me? Help me, help me, help me. The Lord's calling us to a higher place. He's calling us to that higher place. Psalm 16. Verse 5 said, Lord, you're, you're the portion of my inheritance in my cup. You maintain my lot. <laughs> he maintains what's already ahead of you. He's already got it ready and prepared. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Everyone, look at me, look at me. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared for you. Do you hear me? Yes. That your inheritance is great. And we, we stumble over the things that are holding us up. But I can promise you that the Holy Spirit is going to bring you into the new land. He's going to bring you into the promise. He's going to bring you into the healing. He's going to bring you into the place. He said, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart will also instruct me in the night season. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand and I I shall not be moved. This is good. This is good news for us. If I come into this place where I have the Lord always 
before me. I'm not 10 steps ahead of myself. The Lord's before me. I'm not moving presumptuously into the next phase or into what I think the Lord has for me next. No, no. I'm, he's always before me. That means intimacy is the main thing to hear his voice. Intimacy is the only thing that's going to bring you into the promise. A desire to see him and seek him and expand my own life because as he's always before me, just look at, look at him. Look at him. When you look at Jesus, he releases all of his glory and his presence at you. When I'm looking to the Lord, when he's always perpetually continually I don't take a break I don't become lazy come on your flesh your flesh gets lazy your flesh doesn't want to push in a little deeper your flesh gets tired I've been in places in my own life where I've been tired of pushing kicking my legs tired of running the race and the Lord says you just keep going you just keep going I'm not saying we don't take rest we don't take good care of our health I'm not saying any of that I'm saying sometimes we want to quit we want to quit on what God's after sometimes he's meddling and we don't want to deal but I'm saying to you God is coming in and he's coming in like a flood and the enemy has no place in that place where you let him come in like a flood. Come on, it's the Lord coming in like a flood. It's the Lord that's coming in like a flood. He wants to come in and flood your life. But the Lord is always before me. Because he is at my right hand and I shall not be moved. That means you don't quit. You keep going or you just stand. Like it says in Ephesians, you just stand. And, and stand all to just stand more. You just don't move your position. You don't move your position. Verse 9, therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. And you have this anchor. It talks later in the chapter of Hebrews. It says we have, this great, we have this great hope, and it's the anchor of our lives. And it's Jesus Christ who's already gone through the veil. He's gone beyond the veil, and he's brought you into a new place in the veil that's beyond what you can see in the temporal. He brings you into that place. For you will not leave my soul in shoal, nor will you allow the, your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. Look at me. It's super important because he's going to show you the lines. He's going to show you the place. He's going to show the inheritance. He's going to show you the pathway to get to the place where life is for you. And the increase of his kingdom will come in that place. In your presence, there is what? Fullness of joy. 
I don't get discouraged. I'm joyful. I don't live in discouragement. I don't live in fear. I don't live in any torment. I live in the joy of the Lord because he's my strength. And at your right hand, our pleasures, our delicacies, our good things forevermore. Because he's the one that provides it. He's already done it. Come on, let's stand together. We'll pray. So if you've been in a place of testing, come on. We'll just lift our hands together. If you've been in a place of turbulence, God's going to bring you through it. And the greatest thing that he'll do it all, all of us together corporately, it'll be amazing. So that there'll be testimonies of joy. There'll be testimonies of increase. There'll be testimonies of, of God doing these amazing things. Because we're connected by community. We're connected to one another. And God pulls us up together. Sometimes even birds as they fly together like geese because they fly in formation there's less wind resistance so Holy Spirit we just thank you Lord, as we come together tonight, as we come into one agreement tonight, God, you're moving us through any turbulence. You're moving us through any places of turbulence right now. And Lord, we thank you, Lord. We're standing in a company that everyone's going to progress together. Everyone's going to progress, move ahead. I just declare movement ahead. That, Lord, we live from this place where you're moving us in the things of the Spirit. That we're not denied any of the inheritance. And, Lord, you have everything mapped out, God. So we set our faces right now before you. We set our eyes on you. We set our face towards you. Lord, let your glory and your presence fill right now. God, give people strength in this room that have been going through turbulence. Yeah. Motion. Even resistance. We step up and we step in, Father. I just declare, God, tonight that we move into new places. New places, new places, new places, new places. Help us, Jesus.
Come on, just begin to speak to him. Just begin to declare his goodness. Just to begin, begin to thank him that he's going to bring you through. That he's bringing you up higher. That he's bringing you up higher, above, above, above. <laughs> Deuteronomy says you're above and not beneath. Lord, just move us up higher now. not going to sit. We're not going to be restrained by the past. We're not going to be restrained by the conditions. the updraft.